Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right. This week we are talking about uh, the last few bits of E3 news that. Uh, we couldn't cover last week. This because is true because of, they hadn't happened yet. Exactly. And then we're going to talk about um, some things that have happened since then with um, Destiny and their player base. And uh, and how much power player bases actually have. Yes, yes. So, uh, but first, you know, John, what have you been up to? It's been extra long since we last did this. It really has? We did it last, like, almost a week and a half ago. I hope that we haven't forgotten how to do it. Yeah, me too. Like, we usually do this seven days, and sometimes whenever we take breaks, like, it takes a minute to get back into That's the rhythm. That's right. But, uh, but no. Uh, I think we actually kind of, like, worked that out earlier whenever we were doing that uh, The unboxing, unboxing video, video, which we should tell people about the unboxing video. Yeah, go to, uh, actually, stayontargetpodcast.com. Um, there should be, by this time, by the time this post, it might go up tomorrow, like, at this point. It's going to go up tomorrow sometime. Yeah. Um, but it'll be an unboxing video of uh, Batman Arkham Knight Limited Edition. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was it was a fun thing. Like, dude, this, this thing is is awesome. Yeah, it's huge. It's got like a statue and a comic book and an art book and and you should go book. check out the unboxing video. Yes, because th- like just the sheer size of the box as we're sitting there is just ridiculous. Yeah, it looks like it's as big as us. It does. It does. It's mainly the angle of the camera, <laughs> but it still looks that way. Uh, um, it reminds me of like the uh, the pictures where people like are look like they're picking up the Eiffel Tower and stuff like that. Yes, like those, those weird perspective. So, what have you been up to this week, John? Um, okay, so this week, like I've been playing some uh, Sunset Overdrive, yeah. which I, I'm revisiting. I played it back during the free, like whenever it was free for like the weekend or something like that, or maybe it was just one day. Yeah. Um, I played it back then, got really far through it, and then uh, that went away. They got it like. Uh, got it around Christmas time. Uh, got it for Christmas and hadn't haven't really picked it back up. Haven't played it until uh, like this past week, and I've just been like diving into it. Isn't it such a great a great game? It's amazing, dude. Um, yeah. And it was one of those things where like I was just kind of like into like after all the E3 stuff and like uh, the craziness that it, that all that was, and I was just in the mood for like a single player game to just like chill, zone out, yeah. you know. And so like that was the one, and yeah. that was it's it's been amazing. I've uh, I've been enjoying that a lot. That's awesome. So um, recently, or I guess uh, I guess it was over the weekend. I think last maybe late last week they yeah. uh, released um, a lot of free uh, DLC items, outfits, and and weapons and such and uh it was all the pre-order bonuses that you could get from the various outlets or various like uh packages um and they were just like well it's time i'm giving we're giving all this to everyone for free yeah which is awesome oh it's so cool such a great move it really is and the funny thing about that was i think that's what actually reminded me that i had the game to play like and so it was just like hey Play this, you know, I should play this game. And I'm not so, going to lie. I, I booted mine up just so I could see what the new outfits and stuff looked like. Yeah, I mean, they were, and they were cool. Like, it's it's one of those things, like, that is really purely aesthetic. Like, I mean, it really right. just doesn't, it doesn't do anything gameplay-wise yeah. or whatever. But it's like, you know, so, like, I, the pre-orders should be that to me. Like, rather than extra story content. Like, right. I, like oh, I don't Oh, my gosh. Know. That's uh, frustrating. I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, on that discussion, I just got Arkham Knight, okay? I got it. I bought it. I ended up having to buy the limited edition from Amazon because um, it, it was sold out everywhere else. Okay. Yeah. Um, bought the limited edition from Amazon. Um, but GameStop had GameStop exclusive DLC. Oh, boy. So I also pre-ordered it there. Oh, yeah. Bought it there. The code is on the receipt. 
going to return the game tonight. <laughs> Dude, that's really shady. That's but very I, shady. But they, I got their DLC. So. I know. And like, and, and that's the stupid thing is like you uh, jump through hoops in order to get all this DLC and it's stuff. Story it's story content, it's, man. Yeah, it's, it really it's is. Red Hood, it's story, story stuff. You know, so anyway, it's, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. Because it's like, really, do you have to go, like, because there was the one, what was it? Uh, you were talking, you've told the story on the podcast before, but about the, uh, L.A. Noir. Oh, L.A. Noir. Like yeah. that was the, by far the worst one. Yeah, we're like okay, so like it was, it was literal mission story content. This is a this is a strictly single player story, and um, these individual stories were locked away. There was one from Walmart, one from Amazon, yeah. one from GameStop, one from Best Buy. So you you had to choose. I yeah. want whichever one of these stories from the title sounds like it's going to be the best one. Yeah. And what was crazy is you're missing out of like three other stories. Right. And whenever you go back and play it. Like with all the stories now that like they a year later you could buy them in a package and I so I bought them and played them and it was like wow this story makes this whole section of the game wait makes way more sense because you have whole like three missions here that you didn't have before yeah and it's just like it's that that shouldn't happen where like a huge chunk of your game is gone and locked away. Because you didn't buy from all the retailers, right? Well, and like, and it's just unrealistic to expect people to buy like five or six different versions of the game. And but a lot of the things, and like even the GameStop stuff, like the GameStop uh, exclusive stuff um, that they give away, and, and Amazon's the same way, and whatever. Um, it's pre-order, mm-hmm. uh, like so they want you to pre-order it from mm-hmm. them. Um, but then, like you said, it's like you immediately like, especially with Amazon. I think like a lot of the times, like people have I've heard of people like pre-ordering it from Amazon and they get the email with the code in it and then they cancel their pre-order or whatever. It's like, and so it's like people are just jumping through hoops to get the pre-order quote unquote bonuses because they give you the pre-order bonuses before, you know, before it actually comes out and stuff. So anyway, it's just weird. It's, it's a weird, the pre-order idea is super strange to me. Yeah, it is. Which is why like most of the games that I buy anymore, I'm buying digitally, you know, straight from whoever. So, which even some of that has pre-order bonuses, but not like exclusive stuff. Right, right. Um, but what have you been up to this week? Um, yeah, so uh, I have um, been watching some new TV shows. So uh, HBO, basically, like every they, every so often, you know, like whenever the new shows come out, like they do like ten episodes or whatever of a bunch of shows, and then like the new shows come out. So like things like Veep and Game of Thrones ended, and um, and some all new shows along with the second season of True Detective premiered. So I watched the premiere of True Detective nice. season two. A new show called Ballers with The Rock. Right. And a new show called The Brink with Jack Black. So did you like them? Um, I like True Detective a lot. Yeah. Um, it's a lot different than the first season. Don't go into it thinking it's going to be the same thing because it's not even close. Well, you wouldn't want it to be the same thing no. necessarily. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's it'll be interesting as, as the season goes on to just kind of compare and contrast like, you know, the two seasons together. I can already kind of do it, but it's just kind of like, okay, you know, it's, it's interesting to kind of see like what they're doing with it this differently. Yeah. Um, this differently, that's different this yeah. time. Um, Ballers was really good. Mm-hmm. The Rock is basically like, okay, he's a, an ex-football player. He is now a financial advisor and he, like in this first episode, he's just kind of realizing just how terrible um, his friends handle their money. And so he's just kind of like, you know, uh, trying to get them as clients and like um, try to help them get their lives in order. So like it's really cool so far. I really like it. Um, it's kind of a non-traditional rock role. You know, he's not like beating people up and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's not. It's it's more of a drama, which is really. I love. I like. I like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, a lot. Like, yeah. I enjoy him. The Brink. Eh. It was whatever. Like you know. I there. Uh, you know there were. Uh, yeah. 
I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> at this point. I don't think I would necessarily recommend it. Yeah, um, I'm still gonna give it another like maybe another one or two episodes, and if it still doesn't captivate my attention, then I'm just gonna like leave it. But yeah. Um, sure, yeah, that's that's what I've been up to, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, another thing I've been up to, I want to talk about in our pick of the week. Ooh, the pick of the week. Pick of the week. <laughs> So, John. Yes. Whoa. That was a big clap. We love Star Wars. We do love Star Wars. We love Star Wars Rebels. We do love Star Wars Rebels. And it premiered its second season this past week. My goodness. I Dude, I'm so pumped about the second season. Like, I watched the first season um, just recently, though. I, like, watched it all at once. Yes. And I don't know if I'm going to do the same for this season. I don't know if I'm going to, like, try to watch it as it goes or if I'm going to... I don't know. I honestly have no idea what I'm going to do with this. Um, but I'm so excited about it. Yeah, dude. So they premiered the second season with a one-hour long episode. Cool. Um, and uh, it kind of focused... It, it, it didn't really pick up right after uh, last season, but it picked up uh, some like some time after it, and they kind of set up the season. Um, they did some things that I think are cool. They did some things that I think are kind of weird. Um, it's not really huge spoilers, like... Basically, like you know, it was revealed at the end of last season that Star, uh, Darth Vader was uh, is the big bad for this season, kind of okay. Because at the end of this first episode, he's talking to the Emperor, and the Emperor's like, "Send another Inquisitor after them." And it's just like, okay, we're gonna get. Uh, what does this? What does? What does that mean? I mean, so they, are there more different people, or are there clones of the Inquisitor? Ooh. That's interesting. That's my big question. And then it's like I don't know if they're cloning anymore, though. Like, I mean, I don't know what happens to uh, to all of the the clone factories. That's true, mm. but it's but it's also like it, it made me like I thought that Darth Vader was going to be the big bad, and then it's like okay, well maybe he's not really this season. So I, okay, so something that's that's funny about like the way like on the Clone Wars, so it's yeah. the same producers, same creators, that sort of thing. Um, the way that they would work the bad guys on that show, it was always like they would have um, they would have these these guys that they obviously couldn't kill because it's like they're alive. We know that they're alive later <laughs> right, on, like right. in the next movie or whatever. Right. But then they would have these other kind of like generals in underneath them right. that are you know super bad, you know, still terrible people arguably worse people than the people above them, but whatever. Mm -hmm. And so like they would have those face offs and those would last. Sometimes they would last a whole season. Sometimes they would last like a series of episodes. It just, you know, and and, like something would happen with them. Sometimes they would pop back up, you know, the next season or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, I I always, you know, you know how I am. Like, I feel like people get killed off all the time in shows and like, and get killed off all the time. I was so super surprised that, you know, uh, whenever whenever characters die on these shows, like I'm surprised about it a yeah. lot of times. So I mean, it's like really, you know, I don't know. But we'll see. Yeah, and so um, and and I think another thing that I was kind of surprised by, I was kind of hoping, you know, like I've been catching up on the Clone Wars, so I've been watching yeah. a lot of the Clone Wars. And what's you know really interesting to me is the fact that the Clone Wars is is visually more complex yeah. than Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. And uh, and it just kind of makes me be like, hmm, I kind of wish this was like up to par with Clone Wars visually. So I noticed like a lot of the same stuff, but that's why I said I forgot what episode it was a podcast. Whenever we were talking about the Clone Wars and whenever I was watching it, um, 
whenever the, I was watching through the Clone Wars, season one is very uh, simple, or they they do a good job of like constructing their stories around a certain like number of planets. Yeah. And I remember seeing interviews with with the creators, and they were saying that their assets that they would use, they would create these assets, yeah. and they would only be able to create like a new location or a new character in each episode. They couldn't do both. Mm-hmm. And so like he was saying, you know, we would have to come up storyline wise. It's like okay, so we can only have this many this many textures as many characters he's like and we would always put our money where the biggest things were like yeah. so if we could take a story that we wanted to tell with certain characters and put it in a location that we've already visited or that we already you know had done yeah. we would try to do that to, to so we could put our money other places but like with the so like as the seasons went on yeah clone wars got progressively more and more and more complex because right. they had more things to pull from different ship models they had all this stuff that they could use and i think clone war or i think rebels will probably do the same thing yeah um where like it'll get increasingly more complex something else that was kind of surprising and this is kind of big spoiler for the end of season one if you were like in the middle of watching it or something yeah but, so skip um, forward yeah skip forward uh but ahsoka really ha- doesn't play a big role in uh, this new season, that's at least super, not not in the first hour. That's super disappointing. To me. It is, you know, because she was like the big reveal at the end of season one. Yeah, and she said maybe like five sentences, and literally had no part in any of the action or any of the decision making hmm. in this episode. And it was she's just kind of there. I mean, like that's. I, I understand from a from from a certain perspective what they're going for with rebels like that rather than because I thought it was going to be the similar thing like I thought it was going to be a similar thing to the Clone Wars going in but they're really focusing on the same five people so like it's a core group mm-hmm. of people versus Clone Wars which zips around to different people mm-hmm. where I felt like with Clone Wars I, Ahsoka really connected in season two there's one episode in particular in season two where I remember going she's one of my favorite characters now yeah. um, but with these characters, like I, you feel like you get to know them really well, mm-hmm. but it seems like any outside characters other than the core five characters, I think mm-hmm. it is, um, they really don't give them much screen time. So right. like, I mean, I was kind of hoping that Ahsoka as a, as a huge Ahsoka fan, I was really hoping to go in and like her be like big thing, that sort of thing. But I well, what was great. And also I think uh, that was the last point I'll make. So like they, they make a big, they make a big deal in this episode about like, Kanan doesn't really want to join the the rebels. Like he wants to go off and do their own thing again, which they weren't really ever doing their own thing. They were, you know, talking to Fulcrum, you know, and and yeah. which was Ahsoka, which is Ahsoka, um, telling them what to do and uh, helping the rebellion. And and then he he kind of like turns face, like, well, I don't, I feel trapped. I feel like you know, yeah. And it's like okay, I kind of understand. Like I guess maybe your feelings, like whenever you were able to just do whatever, yeah. Um, but like you were serving this this cause in the first place, and, right? Like. You're going to serve it in a in a bigger way. This yeah, I was about to say even if way. you were just a small cog in a bigger machine, it's like at least now you know that what the bigger machine is, right? You know? And and so I don't know. That was just kind of, I felt like it was kind of inconsistent with his character who they set hit, set hit set him and the team up to be last season. Yeah, but then again, like last season, there were a few times whenever he was just like, "Nah, we got to make money on this," or or other That's people true. were like, "Nah, we got to make money on this," you yeah. know. And so they would, you know. Who knew where their loyalties lay last season? Right. Uh, on a couple of specific episodes, they were, um, you know, you didn't know what, what they were doing. Right. Um, whenever they could, they would try to, you know, stick it to the Empire or whatever. But yeah. uh, to, to outright come out and be like, hey, we're not in this for ourselves or in this for money anymore. We're in this to fight the Empire. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that might be a somewhat of a struggle for uh, for those characters in particular. Right. Um, Hera, not so much, but but Kanan and Zeb, probably, yeah. Right. 
Um, so, uh, but overall, I liked it. Yeah. And I'm pumped for this season. Yeah. Um, uh, well, something I wanted to bring up, like we both uh, like uh, Star Wars Card Trader. Yeah. And um, they have had a new, or they have had Rebels packs there before. I wonder if they're going to help come out with like Rebels Series 2 now that the new season is out. I definitely think they will. If you haven't checked out Star Wars Card Trader, you should. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It's a fun app. So yesterday, I told you I had a surprise for you. Yes. Yes. What? So I have... Oh my gosh! Physical cards, physical actual cards, yes. rebels cards. I, I got a pack for each of us to open oh on the my podcast. Gosh, this is amazing. They're Star Wars Rebels cards, just like in the this Star Wars Card Trader app. This is amazing. Okay, we gotta we gotta figure what these. <laughs> oh my gosh, these are amazing. Hopefully, you can hear this nice plastic crinkle. Yes. So we have uh, we have some Star Wars Rebels cards here. Wow, I have some. Uh, these are cards that I've not seen in the app at all. Oh my goodness! Some of them I've oh. seen some of these before. I've seen some of these too. Oh, man, there's some really cool ones in here. Yeah, the Ghosts. I have the Inquisitor's TIE Fighter. I have the Inquisitor. Right Dude, here. you have the Inquisitor? I have the Inquisitor. That's amazing. Who do you have? I have uh, McKaith Tua, who is the uh, ambassador uh, for that area. Wow. Yeah. I have Supply Officer Leist. I have a speeder bike, so it's a vehicle. Nice. I have a Sea Rock carrier ship. Nice. nice. And I have a bunch of scene cards, too. Um, yeah, that's what I, yeah, I have these scene th- cards I have, are so cool. I have three scene cards or no, four scene cards. Here's one that has kind of like a me- metallic kind of sheen and what? it was a Jedi in their mist. What? It's Kanan, Let me see it's that super one. Super cool. That's amazing. I'm super jealous of this card. Yeah. Oh my gosh. These are, uh, these are awesome, dude. Where did you pick these up? I found them at, I found them at Toys R Us. Oh my gosh. I need to go pick up some at Toys R Us. <laughs> well, dude, so, check this out. Wait, this is a holy, chopper one. That's I really want that fun. one. Oh my gosh. Oh, these are awesome. Oh, Thank a, you dude, so this, much. This is a sticker card. Oh, my gosh. Is it a sticker? Uh-huh. Oh, my it's gosh. A, it's a awesome. sticker. Um, I think. so awesome. That's, that's why it feels different. That's amazing. Oh, what's funny, let me see. Uh, I think it's on maybe the back of your pack. Let me okay. see the back of your pack. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, it says the odds for the uh, the sticker cards. Dude, these um, are cool. Let's see here. It says, uh, oh, no, no. Tattoo cards are one in four. Tattoo cards? Sketch cards, one in in 421 i think i have a sketch card you have a sketch card uh maybe not a sketch card is this a sketch card uh no this is a sticker card we'll have to to maybe trade these trade these around here oh that's the sticker card yeah there's the sticker card that's awesome huh wait no you so you have two sticker cards i have two sticker cards yeah i have this one and that one yeah that's awesome wow Dude, this is really cool. I have five, six of 20 and 14 of 20. That's amazing. Sticker cards. Those are really cool. That's cool. My gosh, this is amazing. Well, we'll, look at, we'll, look, <laughs> we'll finish looking at these later, but I wanted to give that to you. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. You're welcome. I need to, need to collect them all, Chris. What was crazy was, so I went to Toys R Us, and uh, so they had this two-pack where you got two packs for the price of one, basically, I think. Yeah. Or, um, and uh, it was uh, $7. Maybe it was like a little bit more than, a, uh, than one pack, but then they have a pack of five. With an extra bonus pack, so actually six for fourteen dollars. Holy cow! So it's like the, you know, like that's where your uh, six packs. So that's like uh, where your um, value comes in. Yeah, you know? and well, like in trading, I think I haven't, you I haven't, I haven't gotten trading cards in a long time, dude. Oh, like, dude, it was, it was wild. I mean, it's nuts because I mean, I, I want to say we had like some baseball cards back in the day, yeah. and like uh, of like cardinal players, and we try to like get that, but. I don't like. I don't remember ever really collecting uh, cards very much, but I think it would be super fun. So in each pack, there are nine cards. 
So that means in one of those like large boxes, there's 54 cards. That's cool. Which is pretty cool for for, for 14 bucks. It's not that big. It's not that bad. Yeah. No. So anyway, yes. Dude, awesome. Do you have a pick of the week? Uh, I actually do not. I mean, because basically that's all I've, I've all I've been doing is uh, is some E three stuff and then uh, playing Sunset Overdrive. Nice. So, yeah, dude. It's a, it's been a it's been a fun week, a relaxing week. Well, uh, so that was that was my pick of the week. All right, those are awesome. That was an awesome pick. Chris. Oh, thanks, and thanks. Especially the ending there, the surprise at the end. Yes, super. I awesome thought you pick. would like that. Um. All right, so. On to E3 wrap up. Yes. All right. So let's start off with. Uh, do we end with with Nintendo or start off with Nintendo? I mean, either way. Let's start. Let's do Square Enix first, real fast. Okay. Because, um, well, like, okay. So hang on. We didn't do that for our, for our last podcast. Yeah. So like, so let's just talk about like what we enjoyed about the rest of the week and the rest of the press conferences and things like that. Yeah. Like, what else was out there? Um, I mean, there were so that's the thing. There weren't a whole lot more like just like um, mind bending announcements, right? Outside of the press conferences um, from the show floor or anything like that there were a lot of cool demos to watch. Like more than anything, I think what's exciting is like there were a lot more games this year on the show floor that you were watching demos of and seeing people play um, that are coming this year than last year. You know, yeah. last year, you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, for uh, for the division and the crew and all that kind of stuff. And like a lot of that stuff didn't even come out until 2015, you know? Yeah. And well, what's interesting about this development cycle, we had a very big lull um, early on in the, in both systems life cycles. Um, and I don't know if that, that was just because people didn't really, couldn't really figure out how to do the new stuff as well as they, as quickly as they thought they would. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, but this year you're right. We have a lot more to expect soon. Um, it's not like, Oh, check back with us next year and we'll still have this game. Uh, it was more of kind of the, the Im- immediacy of, a lot of these games are going to be out next year. Right. So. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like from Square Enix's press conference, you know, there wasn't anything really like a lot of the things they showed. Honestly, I was kind of wondering why they had a press conference because a lot of things they showed had already been showed at other conferences. Yeah. And it, it, I've thought about the same thing before. And unless they had any new announcements, um, I kind of was thinking the same thing that you would. This was just an extended look at like Tomb Raider or an extended look at these other games that they have announced. We saw another look at Kingdom Hearts 3 and That's, a mobile game called cool. Kingdom Hearts Unchained. Um, I think the most exciting for me announcement from there was Laura Croft Go. It's like the Hitman Go um, mobile game mm. last year, but it's with Laura Croft, and it looks super cool. I'm super excited, and I'll download that whenever it comes out. Um, but, you know, from the uh, Square Enix front, that was pretty much the only standout announcement. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the biggest things for me from Nintendo... <clears throat> I don't know. But like, th- there was a few good ones. Like a few that I will definitely pick up. There's a the um, the game that is the Mario RPG mixed with it's a crossover game with the Paper Mario series. It's called Paper Jam, mm-hmm. and it, it looks awesome. Like I, I love the Paper Mario series. I have liked uh, enjoyed the uh, Mario RPG stuff. Like I mean, there's there's hit and miss stuff in the Mario RPG stuff, but crossing over those two franchises only makes sense um, and combining their gameplay in weird and interesting ways only makes sense and I'm glad that Nintendo is doing that um, another big game that I, I liked the look of from the show was the uh, the game um, 
the the Zelda game for 3DS. Um, it's basically a three player co op game though, and so like that's the weird thing is like Zelda. Other than the the Game Boy Advance game Four Swords, which you had to like literally connect with cords between one Game Boy Advance to another, mm-hmm. they haven't had a multiplayer Zelda almost ever and so like that's the only thing that weirds me out about it and they say that you can play it single player and like bounce between each person but then it would become very tedious i don't know like i'm interested to see more about the single player of that because honestly like i don't i don't know i mean i don't see myself playing that one multiplayer very you know very often um because whenever i'm playing my 3ds a lot of times i'm not connected to the internet um and so unless you're unless you're in the same room with somebody um then that would make that pretty impossible um Another thing that was weird about the uh, the Nintendo press conference, it's not really press conference, the, the, the digital event, as they call it, was that a lot of the things that we saw, we've either seen before or we knew about or they were like, hey, yeah, here's a big announcement of a game that you've been wanting, like a Metroid, but it's not Metroid. Like, it's not exactly what, you're, what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like there was a Metroid, but it's a multiplayer Metroid versus a single player Metroid. And it's, it, it, I mean, it's like an eSport thing. I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff out of, out of Nintendo and there's a lot of backlash from their hardcore fans about it. It seems like they're in a weird position where their 3DS is selling, selling well and and, but their Wii U is not. And so it seems like they've kind of put a lot of the Wii U stuff and a lot of the newer Wii U stuff on the back burner um, and maybe delaying it to the next console, to NX, um, because honestly, this thing is just not selling that well. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as on the 3DS front, there's Yokai Watch, which I'm super excited about. I think we've talked about that on the podcast before, where it's this, uh, it's kind of like a monster uh, capturing and. Tr- and you know, battling game, um, mm-hmm. similar to the way that Pokemon is where it's got a, uh, an anime, it's got a manga, it's got a lot of things like attached to it as far as merchandising goes. And so it could be a huge hit and it comes out later this year. Um, it's a, already a gigantic hit in Japan. And, uh, so they're bringing it over here, localizing it. And that's really cool. Um, so there's a lot to be happy about on the handheld front, a lot to be happy about on the, uh, the 3ds front, but not a lot to be happy about on the, uh, on the old Wii U. Wii U. And so like, that's, that's, what's got a lot of people who have purchased the Wii U and who are, you know, hardcore fans of this, um, kind of up in arms about their digital event. It was very underwhelming from that perspective. I mean, they had like Star Fox and they didn't have any Zelda footage or anything like that, uh, which we knew that going into the event that they wouldn't have any Zelda footage. Um, but the Star Fox footage that we saw, I mean, it was weird. Like it looks very much like it could have been like th- those graphics could have been rendered on a much less powerful device. Like it looked like a Wii game I mean, the, um, in really? HD though. I mean, the Wii, that's the thing though. The Wii U doesn't really have groundbreaking graphics. Like, but I mean, this didn't even look like, cause you would compare it to, Hey, maybe it's a little bit more powerful than like a, a 360, or at least it's comparable to a 360 or a PS3. Um, but it didn't really look like that. And and they told me like, uh, there's, there's people that have told me that it runs better because because it runs at 60 frames a second. And so it looks better than it looked at the digital event. But even if it looks a fraction better than it looked at the digital event, like I still can't see this being like the big game for Mm -hmm. Wii U. Cause like it was billed last year whenever they announced it as like, this is going to be a game that is going to show the reason for the gamepad, And I I just don't see it being a huge thing. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's interesting from, uh, from the Wii U perspective. Some huge, like, from a company perspective news, uh, Nintendo partnering with Skylanders to bring out two exclusive Skylanders uh, figures slash Amiibo. 
Like, so they have both uh, support in them. Um, so you can become uh, Bowser and Dry Bones in uh, the next Skylanders game. So that's pretty awesome. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, they're reaching out to third parties, and so that's that's good news from that perspective. Um, I thought it was really interesting wherever they, they have competing figures, basically, these Amiibo and the Skylanders, but, it, you know, they're, I don't know, It's it, it seems like they are um, partnering with them to do this, and that that is a good sign in my mind for, for Nintendo. Um, I really don't know what the, what the next you know, year or so has from like the next console, what we're going to see, but hopefully that next console will have some better third party uh, support than the Wii U does. Um, let me see the, uh, the fire emblem, uh, thing. I'm super excited about that. Fire emblem is one of my, uh, favorite games on 3ds. It's a new game. Um, they're bringing it to the U S it's called fire emblem fates. It's a, uh, strategy, uh, a tactical rather, uh, RPG. Um, super fun. It's, it's arguably one of, one of the best games on the, uh, the 3ds system. Um, we knew that it was coming to Japan and, uh, it's called fire emblem fates. It was called fire emblem. If, in uh in japan and so the fire emblem fates name is definitely better um and uh i think that's about it for uh, for nintendo cool. so i mean you know it just is what it is so um yeah that's awesome like um as far as the rest of e3 goes you know from the from the floor like there's just a lot a lot more like details about things like backwards compatibility um a lot more details about like you know f- uh functioning functionality of games stuff like that um you know that and that was it was basically it. You know it was a great E three I think and it was really cool. But you know as as far as like groundbreaking news, I think most of that happened on Monday, which you can check out in our podcast from last week, um, our E three main podcast. Yeah, dude, it seemed like they came out like swinging from the at the very beginning with uh, with Bethesda, and then uh, you know the next day just rapid hits. But then after that, it kind of lulled a little bit. So yeah. All right, so our main topic this week we wanted to discuss. Um, it's, it's more of a freestyle conversation I wanted to have. Discuss okay. um, what's been going on with uh, Destiny and what they announced at E3 and why their player base is so upset, and then what's happened as a result, and kind of also apply that to you know like other companies and other situations that have happened among video gamers. Hmm. So first of all, let's let's recap what has happened. So at E3, um, Destiny uh, came. Uh, was shown at the Sony press conference. This is true. Um, and um, didn't really say much about what they were doing. Like they gave a tra- had a gameplay trailer for the Taken King DLC expansion that's coming out this fall. And that's really it. Um, I went online later, as did many other people, and found out, okay, well, there are like five different versions of this thing that you can get. There's like a collector's edition, digital collector's edition, and there's like all this other kind of stuff. But like the main thing that everyone is up in arms about is there's an $80 physical um uh, collector's edition that contains not only like some physical rewards, like a strange coin is the currency that's inside there and stuff like that. But like, uh, the full game, the first two DLC packs, the new taken King DLC pack. And this is the part that got everyone upset is it, it contains, um, exclusive in game DLC that you can only get in the collector, the $80 collector's edition. And it's not like it's just, you know, like, okay, well, here's just, like, some emblems or something like that that, like, I mean, who cares? It uh, it was three new emotes, which are um, the way that you communicate in-game. Like, you can either dance or point or sit or, like, do some other things. Three brand new emotes, okay? Um, three new class-specific class items. 
which okay, it's like okay, you have a cloak for your hunter. A warlock has a bond, and Titan has a sash. I think, yeah. right? And I don't know if it's called the sash, but it's called, it's called something. something. That's what it is. That's fine. Like alone, just saying that, that doesn't necessarily make yeah. me upset. Except for they all three now have XP boosts attached to them. So when you're wearing them, your XP goes up faster for your guns and your character. Wow. Um, and then they also got, uh, I believe. Um, an exclusive sparrow or something like that. Let me let me let me let me make sure here. Um, so we talked about this pack. Uh, I think it was last week when oh, we when exotic weapons with XP boost as well. Wait, so there are they exclusive they're, exotic weapons? Yeah. Or they're, they're, well, I don't know if they're exclusive, but they are th- three free exotic weapons, like like actual and they, weapons. And they say it says exclusive. It says exclusive ex- exotic weapons with XP boost, and it's three of each. So it's, it's three class specific emotes. Three exotic weapons, um, three um, uh, bonds, basically. Yeah, the the class items. The class items. Um, man. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, whenever you hang on, I'm wrong. You're wrong. It's collectors. So yeah, it's it's class specific emotes, armor shaders, and exotic class items with XP bonuses. So no no weapons. No exotic weapons. Yeah. Okay, the exotic weapons was where I was about to like. Just I'm, re- I'm reading from two different articles here, out. and the other one's just kind of like, okay, that's dumb. Yeah, but okay, so like it's like the, my I think the big problem with with the player base is like, in order to get these things that we want, yeah, we have to spend eighty dollars to buy the game again, to buy the entire game and the DLC again. Mm-hmm. As well as the new DLC, mm-hmm. the new DLC by itself is going to cost forty dollars. Mm-hmm. So you're paying forty dollars for th- these things that you really, really want, but that's not worth forty dollars. Right. So we made the point last week when we were talking about the price of the new DLC. We weren't talking about this specific package. Like right. th- this, I don't know if this had come out yet exactly, but we were talking about this specific package, and we were talking about the uh, we were talking about the DLC being forty dollars. Um, and that, uh, you could buy like a $60 version. I think it was with this and then the original game and the DLC. Um, so it didn't have any of the physical stuff. Didn't have any of these crazy exclusive things, but it had the expansion, the original game and the other two DLCs. So, but if you add up that price, like that's 60 bucks, right? But if you add up the amount that somebody from day one who bought destiny on day one and the DLC from day one, um, has spent. It was $60 for the game whenever it first came out, and it was $40 for uh, both DLC packs. So each one was $20 or so. So that's $100. Yeah. Um, so people in September will be purchasing what uh, everyone for $60, what everyone has purchased, like who is a current player yeah. who purchased for $100 and then some, like because they're yeah. going to get the new DLC for it. So as a, as a original player, you're going to spend $140 to. Pay, to buy the same thing someone a new player would spend sixty dollars on. Now that's not time like that's not time that's a problem. Like I mean, because the time well spent playing the game, enjoying right. the game, well over you know probably a hundred hours or two hundred hours or whatever uh, for the you know the player who's all in on this thing. And so that's not a problem in my mind necessarily right. because you got these new people who are buying in. You want the player base to be healthy. You want the new people to come in and, and not be a uh, segmented player base um, with DLC. Right. But at the same time, I think there's there's this like, there's a weird thing with Destiny in particular um, 
where they're not honoring their their player base that they've had from the beginning as right. much as they could. Well, what's funny is so like you know there's that I think that's the that's the kind of the the basis for what's happened in the past like week um, at E3 and now after E3 like is okay we already feel like we're being like pr- uh, price gouged here Just where it's like bit. we're paying a lot for this content you know more like twenty dollars for a DLC pack is like more than you're paying for like a Call of Duty DLC pack that has yeah. arguably the same amount of content if not you know? more. Um, and, uh, and so like you already have that kind of as a base. And then on top of that, you have an, uh, this interview that Luke Smith from Bungie, um, had with Eurogamer last week at E3 and basically Eurogamer pressed the issue and said, you know, like, why are you making us pay extra for these things that we want? Um, but we have to rebuy the current content. Um, and, uh, Luke Smith kind of got frustrated, kind of pushed back and um, kind of got and talked himself into a corner. And so uh, I'm just going to read some of the interview here. Um, Luke Smith got through kind of giving him the, the, the marketing line where we have nothing more to announce besides the three editions of The Taken King that we've already announced. You know, these are he, – he expressed, he said, you know, these are, are things that our hardcore player base will want, but then your gamer – grabs onto that and say, yes, so if your hardcore player base will want this, they already have it. Then why can't they buy it without rebuying current content? And then, mm-hmm. you know, he basically gave them the same line several times. Your gamer tried to move on and said, um, uh, uh, he said, final question on prices. And then uh, Luke Smith said, is it also the final question on emotes? And your gamer said, I'm not going to mention them again. I can't get them. Luke Smith says, but you can if you buy the collector's edition. Eurogamer says, I'm not going to buy the game and the two DLCs all over again. Luke Smith says, okay, but first I want to poke at you on this a little bit. Eurogamer says, poke at me? Luke Smith says, you're feeling anxious because you want this exclusive content, but you don't know yet how much you want it. The notion of spending this money is making you anxious. I can see it. Eurogamer says, I do want them. I would buy them. Luke Smith says, if I fired up a video right now and showed you the emotes, you would throw money at the screen. Eurogamer says, what I'm saying is that fan frustration is not because they don't understand the proposition. It comes regardless of how cool the exclusive content is. The frustration in mine as a fan is that the method of acquiring it requires me to rebuy content I bought a year ago. Luke Smith's long pause. It's about value. The player's assessment of the value of the content. Um, Eurogamer goes on and says, you know, final question on prices, blah, 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 blah. Um, And so it's just basically like Luke Smith is basically saying, like, in a nutshell, we're we doing kn- this because we you're... know that people want it, mm-hmm. so we're going to make them pay eighty dollars for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's really weird. Like, think about this, Chris. Like, I, thinking about like the way that that Bungie has systematically gone about the DLC for this game. Um, they they gave you the game, and the game was awesome, and it you know had this stuff. But then the first DLC dropped, and they made these changes to the to the DLC. Uh, like they made these changes to the to the base game, so that the upgrade, like whenever you upgraded a weapon, all of your time that you'd spent upgrading it previously was all erased. So yeah. you had to re like re level up. But that all these didn't weapons. cost me any money. But it cost everyone time, and so like in in game like the the community reacted and they said man this is dumb i don't want to i don't want to spend the same amount of time doing this again or more time doing it um 
I was okay with it, and yeah. and but th- as a whole, the player base was frustrated with it. Right. Okay. So then the next DLC comes out, and they they fix that issue. They fix that problem. They say, "Oh, we've heard you. We've you know this is not going to happen." I feel like again. They overcompensated in some ways. Yes, they overcompensated in some ways. Um, but now the next the next round of DLC is about to start with the the year two stuff the with Taken King. King, um, and. A similar issue has popped up where not only this time they're not not necessarily um, respecting players' time. It's not like that. They're disrespecting players' money, right? Um, and and they're saying in order to get this these collectors' items, yeah, um, something that if like okay, so thinking about a Destiny two, like if a whole new game, a whole new Destiny game was being sold, and they sold a collector's edition with physical uh, rewards of strange coin, with uh, class items, with the shaders, that would be amazing, and everybody would jump onto it. Mm-hmm. But rather than doing that, uh, rather than than launching like a Destiny two, because of this is a platform and they're just launching DLC, yeah, they're giving you this big collector's edition of the new DLC. But they don't stop there. They say because they don't want to segment their player base. They say let's include all the other stuff in right. there. But they can't just do that because they want they want you to pay for all of that too. Right. And so they just roll it into this big cost. And so it makes the well, everybody it's frustrated. It's basically a game of the year edition with this exclusive content, which has never been done before. You know, right. in terms of like okay, a you've already bought this game, but you're gonna buy it again for the exclusive content. Like that's never been like that's never been a thing. Yeah. And it's kind of weird that they that they even try it. Now the response today, this is the 25th of June. Yeah. Um, in their their weekly update, um, they outlined what they're going to do to fix it. First of all, they included a an apology from Luke Smith. I'll, I'm going to read that. I am after I after I just disparaged him with his other comments. I'll mm-hmm. let him defend himself. I am Luke Smith, creative director on Destiny: of The Taken King. Many, many years ago, I wrote to you each week in this spot. We talked about battle rifles. We talked about stuff we weren't going to talk about. And at some point, I did a horrible hand drawing of an upcoming map and teased you with it in the weekly update. Anyone who knows me knows I can be sarcastic. Anyone who remembers podcasts I've done knows that I can be pretty blunt. And anyone who's watched me in a VDoc knows I'm pretty unpolished. However, most of you don't know me. Reading my interview with Eurogamer and imagining it came from some random developer of a game I love, that random developer looks like an asshat. But that asshat was me, and those words rightfully anger you. I'm sorry. My words made it sound as if Bungie doesn't care about their most loyal fans. We do care. We are listening, and we will make it right. Here's what we were doing about the Collector's Edition of Destiny the Taken King. (laughs) That's really funny. So he realizes he came across as a jerk. Well, I mean, like, yeah, and, and he definitely did. Like, and the, the, the thing that's worse about it is that, like, okay... He could have just let it go, let the interview go on, answer the questions the way he No, was, but he poked. You know, he's the one who yeah, brought it exactly. back up. Exactly. It's like he could have just, you know, read the read the lines and and you know, said no comment. This is, you know, we don't have anything to announce this time, blah blah blah. And yeah. things probably wouldn't have lit up and gone crazy uh, as much as they did, but because he continued to bring bring it up and continued basically like you said to say, you know, it is this price because we know people will pay this price. And while there is some business logic to that, while there is definite business logic to that, where it's like they're going to bring something out, uh, it's it's similar to like um, Ubisoft. The they've they've said before, we bring out Assassin's Creeds every year because you keep buying Assassin's Creeds every year, um, and so like, but but that is a whole new game, and this is something where you already have a player base, and I don't know, man, it's it, there's there's a lot of layers there with that. Mm-hmm. So. 
Um, here's here's their their solution. We're actively working to make the digital content from the collector's edition available in a twenty dollar upgrade bundle available on September fifteenth. Whatever actively actively working means. Okay. I don't know how that's a problem. You just press a button. <laughs> if you purchase a standalone version of Destiny of the Taken King or already have, you'll be able to pick up the digital items as soon as they are available. If you've decided to pick up the legendary edition of Destiny of the Taken King at retail, you can also elect to pick this up if you want to upgrade into a collector's edition, except it's without the physical stuff, so it's not really the collector's edition. Mm-hmm. If you purchase the existing digital collector's edition and you already own Destiny and both expansion packs, we'll have some additional information for you soon uh, because it wasn't in the, the digital collector's edition. Hmm. Interesting. Um, if you want to get caught up on all the other options available for Destiny, blah, 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 blah you can go here. And Why so, are there so many options? I mean, shouldn't I, I don't know. Like, that's another question that I have about this. It's like you look at DLC for like Call of Duty. There's one option, right? Or you look at like oh, a, because, an expansion pack for for something that's an Activision game, Activision yeah. Blizzard, like World of Warcraft. There's like one option. I don't know. This well, they're, is they're, weird. they're trying to make this something where um, it appeals to new players, and so they're treating it like a brand new release. You know, where you have all these bonuses and, yeah. and pre-order bonuses right. and right. physical bonuses and all this kind of stuff. Although they know that this stuff really only applies and is only um, only appeals to the hardcore fan base, hmm. and that's that. And that's the problem is they're try- they're treating um, the hardcore fan base like we don't already have this. Like honestly, if they just like take the base game and all that kind of stuff out of it, and just I mean maybe just say it's free like now, like it's just free. Yeah. It's a free, you know, like and maybe you can't do that, but you know maybe make it like a ten dollar thing where like you can get the Taken King with all these rewards by itself, and then the the base game is uh, like a ten dollar like yeah. add on or something. Like I know it's complicated, and I know there's it, you know whatever way that they devised to do it would be kind of convoluted, but it's like. Whatever way that is is still better than what they're doing right now, which mm-hmm. is alienating their entire fan base. And honestly, and it's, it's confusing. Okay, right now they just said, okay, now these. Uh, I can let me back up for a second. They've legitimized like things like okay, well, we thought. Uh, I think he says he says in there, um, the XP boosts for these items. The reason we were including them in this is because we're trying to capture new players and we want them to be able to level up quickly. Hmm. That's fine, and I understand that. Yeah, but that still doesn't that doesn't um, that that doesn't make any sense still um, to exclude your old player base mm-hmm. from using that. Well, thinking about like, okay, so how have other Activision games done this? Um, it's whenever they'll give you um, a twenty-four hour. Uh, XP boost. Yeah. Uh, so it's not tied All to weekend, a, you know? t- tied to an item. Yeah, they'll have like whenever every new DLC drops. Double XP weekend. Yeah, they'll have a double XP weekend. And so that, but they, you know, it, and the marketing is always clear. Like it's right. always like straightforward and it's like you know what you're buying mm-hmm. and you know what you're paying for. It's never any of this like, well, wait a second, does this include this? Right. Or does it not include this? Well, does th- what does this include? What is this version? You know, it, it's it's always a very clear value proposition for your money. You know, it's it, we will give you this. Right. And then and, but also the 24-hour double XP weekends and things, those are for everybody. Right. Um so even if you are like That's a player what I mean. that is But this should know, be available just this should be just as available as a double XP weekend is. Right. Well, it's also it, it also gets into a realm that's interesting for this game um for any game like this like retail game uh is like a uh, essentially like a pay to pay to win 
in a, in a way, um, because if you're paying for this item that gives you more power, like more XP, um, to to level up faster, to get your you know items to to level faster, like you're essentially you know, you're offering these buffs, uh, that's not just for, um, the, the single player or the, the player versus enemy ver- that, that right. would also equate during like crucible or, or whatever that would make me more powerful than you. If I have this item and I've leveled up faster. Um, so it's, it's really weird. Uh, the idea of, pay to win right. or pay to be better. And you know, I, and it's I'm like not that sure seems that, weird. I'm, I don't know that this is like the only way that you'll be able to obtain this stuff. But mm-hmm. like if, you know, the thing is like if it's available for some people, it's not, it's not necessarily fair. That's not available to your older, correct. You know, very loyal fan base, you know, cause he says, you know, the class items included in the collector's edition are a welcome addition for players looking to level up newborn guardians or fresh subclasses, but they are not the only new class items available in Destiny the Taken King. This is part of our focus on making the game more rewarding and adding more variety options for players. The same goes for emotes. So it sounds like these things might be available as well, but they're probably random drops. They're probably not, you know, like easily gotten, and you're gonna have to work for them. Well, just like everything else in the game, right? It's it's, it's all. It's gonna be a Galahorn that I never get. Exactly. You know, like it's gonna be. Oh, I'm still missing that one emote. You right. know, um, or that you know, whatever it is. I, there's still shaders that I I really have wanted, but I, I haven't been able to acquire. So because I guess they're all random. The question is, like, is this okay? So they've they've said you can you can acquire this content for twenty dollars. Is, is this that, good enough? Is that overpriced? Because I think it is. If you're buying the Taken King um, DLC for forty dollars, and you mm. want this stuff on top of it, it's another twenty. It's, that's sixty bucks out of your pocket. Yeah, that's a full game. Well, that's like, how much they're charging for the version that gets you uh, all the DLC, the game, and the new DLC, yeah. and none of the physical stuff. So it's I, like it's just it, you know it's there's it's a lot. I feel like this stuff was worth five to ten dollars. I agree. Uh, and again, it's one of those things where. His quote, his original quote, while they have offered a, a upgrade path or a path where you can get this, where you can acquire it, um, his original quote stands where he says, basically, it is this price because you will pay for it. Right. And and I feel like that mm. is the like that is the weirdest thing in the world. That is a that is a very like it's it's an extreme mentality whenever you're thinking about a fan base for something right. like you the fans of your game are the only reason that you're able to put out this content i mean right. there are hardcore dedicated fans that have been on board for a year and you know now you're going to alienate them now you're going to you're going to make them pay a lot of money so stepping back from destiny for a minute um and looking at like well, other I, other things in I, know, sorry i have more that's fine you know so like so there's all of that. Then he, you know, that as as a kind of a a way to placate the hardcore fans, he said, "If you've been here since day one, you're going to be rewarded with a a set of VIP items um, that will include a permanent, permanent, permanently exclusive items. One of them is a black sparrow. This uh, kind of uh, black um, with a uh, or do you remember in the promo material? There's that kind of like." snow tiger looking thing with the pointy ears yeah um it's it's like a it's an emblem with that on it and then it looks like some like shaders or armor maybe like they're they're highlighting something to do with your character it looks like shaders because they have those kind of stripes on them so like if you've been playing since day one and have all the stuff they're going to give you this stuff but it, still honestly like that's cool that's still not as good as the other things well whenever it's like okay these things give you xp boosts and stuff like yeah. that and to your previous point it feels like it, this is this was a concession by Bungie, but it wasn't a full concession. It was still a big like, 
well, it was a compromise. Fine, you can get this, but it's still going to cost you a lot. Right. Like, at least it's available now. It's still way overpriced. Yeah. And I think that will keep a lot of people from buying it. And I think it's still dumb that it's that expensive. But it's also dumb, like we talked earlier, that the Taken King is $40. Yeah. And so, you know, like, it's, it's, it, it's almost Comcast level, like, deceivery. Yeah. You know, where it's like, I'm going to squeeze every ounce of dollar I can out of this player base that loves our game yeah and that plays it a lot i mean it's and it's one of those things like i think after this last dlc like it's i mean it's probably been a week or so since i've even booted up destiny um so i mean like you're also looking at a player base that like has experienced a lot of the content and it's like i'm you know i'm uh, i'm I'm less inclined to dive back into a a game that takes up so much time and takes up so much effort um for when the developer doesn't really care um, to, you know, yeah, and it's hard to know whether this care is about your Activision or, or, your money. Or, or Bungie, but the problem is Bungie is the 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 forward facing like mouth on this. You know, it's but, not Activision making these announcements, right? And you look at like you look at other Activision games, like yeah. think about Call of Duty, think yeah. about Treyarch, and think about all of those developers and how they they while they they do segment their uh, player base by bringing out these DLC packs and things and and all of that, but they are constantly rewarding you for being on board with their game. Right. If you buy like you if you buy all of the uh, all of the packs all at once or whatever you get like 10 bucks off and you get all this other stuff. If you buy um, you know if you're on board and, and do all this stuff they give you things. They do the 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 48 hour like double XP weekends all the time and so it seems like they value their time. That's an Activision game. And think right. about, again, I haven't seen a World of Warcraft do something like this. Yeah. And World of Warcraft is gigantic. Yeah. And especially back in the heyday. Like, they were huge and they weren't pulling this stuff. Yeah. Um, they were honoring their, their you know, player base. While they strove to not segment their player base right. by, you know, making it faster to get up to a certain level or whatever. And I don't think anybody's arguing that that's a, ba- that's a problem. Um, but... They also reward their players like that have been there from the beginning. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's an Activision thing. And man. it sounds like Bungie's doing that. And I know, like you know, they want to string out these announcements, but it's just like it's just like, man, like you're just you've got to understand that this stuff's going to make people mad, unless you know, unless they really don't understand their player base. Another thing is like they don't understand the collection uh, mentality because people are collecting um, items. Yeah, they're collecting shaders. Right. And so if you have every shader in the game right now, right, and then they say. These shaders are exclusive to an $80 version of the game. Right. The collector mentality of, of Destiny, all of these people are going, well, there goes my collection. Right. There's no way I'm going to get this. Yeah. There's no way. It's like an $80 shader to finish my, you know. Right. And then the other thing is, like, there's not enough space to actually store it in the vault. And uh, there's a lot of things, like, where it's just, I don't know if Bungie quite grasps the, uh, the player base that they have and the collection mentality yeah. that everyone has in the game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's illustrated by the fact that they don't, like, make the vaults bigger. You know, yeah. otherwise they they would make that up the first priority. Right. Um, let's talk for a minute. You started moving into it a while ago. Yeah. Before I detoured you, like <laughs> that kind of goes into okay, like zoom out, zoom out. What kind of like uh, um, effect on these companies and our games do we as players have now? Like as an example, like we're talking about, like Bungie is continually ha- like coming out with things and they have to walk back on it. You know, like yeah. you get angry at something because it's dumb and then they walk back on it. And that's you know that's something that we see a, um, like more often 
now and lately than we have in years past. You know, for instance, the big example is the uh, announcement of the Xbox One. Whenever they're saying it's mm. digital only and there's That's all right. this digital sharing and like you know discs, but you can't you know like you buy used games, all this kind of stuff. Like, and they walked back on all that, all because of the the fan outcry. And I yeah. think we talked about that a little bit yeah. whenever it happened. Um, but now they've kind of turned a corner where like there's. An entire website where you can suggest what you want to see on the Xbox One. And, yeah. And they're actually doing like the, the biggest announcement I feel like at E3, the fact that the Xbox One is backwards compatible with 360 mm-hmm. games, like that came out of that kind of like fan fan suggestion. Like that was a way fan fan suggestion. There's a, there was an interview that Phil Spencer did with IGN that also pointed to like this is something that he wanted to do himself since he came in to kind of honor the 360 player base yeah. and to bring them into the new generation, give yeah. them a, an easy transition. But that's an example, I think, of a company like seeing a fan outcry and seeing like the benefit of uh, listening to the players yeah. and honoring them. Well, what's interesting whenever, because uh, Phil Spencer, like he he was brought in to, to head Xbox like around that whole debacle. Um, like that wasn't his thing. Like he didn't right. set that up. He didn't set up those pins, but he was, he, he has been there after they've been knocked over. And I feel like like he's really like turned that ship. Um, and it, we are in a much better place. Xbox wise listening to people, uh, than before. I really think that Xbox, you know, back bef- like at the tail end of the 360 generation didn't necessarily understand their player base because every E3, they would come out and they would say entertainment and Netflix and all these other things. And, and they didn't really realize that that's not something that the gamers (laughs) that owned their boxes wanted Um, because you could buy something that's far less expensive than that uh, to do that or or even the connect thing where it's like you know they're like oh now we're gonna have even more integration with connect (laughs) and and gamers just went no while i love my connect um it's one of those things that you know, it's a five hundred dollar. It was a it, whenever it came out, it was like a five hundred dollar buy-in for the day one bundle. Right, and it's like that was just that was a lot to pay for for you know what a lot of people were getting. And so they they have now since all of that outcry of like this isn't what we want, and mm-hmm. and Phil Spencer has really uh, under under his lead, the Xbox team has really turned around mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. They're listening to people. I want to say like every every time they have a dashboard update for the Xbox, um, they'll come up and they'll be very transparent. And they'll say, here are the thing, the top things that you guys wanted, mm-hmm. and here's what we could get this time. Mm-hmm. The next one that we get is hopefully going to hit these three things right. that you also really wanted. Yeah. And so yet again, keep telling us what you want. And, and it's a monthly thing. Yeah, it's a monthly thing. And they've been really supporting that hardcore. And so like the box now today is a completely different box than you had on day one. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the way it works, the functionality, the screenshots, all this stuff, like it's it's there. It's baked in now. Um, so, I mean, I think that like they took this huge outcry against them and turned it around. And they were like, wait, we really don't understand our fan right. base. Let's start understanding them. Right. Well, I guess so. my point is, you know, yeah, they have, they have taken something like that, which is a huge, like, I mean, that's a that's a negative, you know, like yeah. not understanding your player base is a negative thing, yeah. and they've turned it into a huge positive thing. Where, like, as an Xbox player, I feel like I have say, a say in where the platform is going. Yeah, if I want to go, you know, like even with you know they uh, they announced backward compatibility, one of the first things that happened on Xbox.com, they came out um, with a uh, with a, a uh, page that you can go to and vote on your favorite yeah. 360 game that you want to come 
to Xbox One first. Yeah. Like, which ones do you want us to put on here first? And, you know, like, you can go on there and vote. I went on there and voted for some of my favorite 360 games. And it's like, this is, like, it's unbelievable the amount of input that they have. And even if, so say it didn't even make a difference, but at least there's the 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 mirage the perception the perception that you have you make a difference but i don't even think it's that they you do make a difference yeah, absolutely. they are listening and just and and it's it's weird to to contrast that with the way that Bungie, they like, okay, well, we're going to do our thing. And, like, people don't like it. Oh, man, well, we're going to bet. And instead of asking yeah. on the front end, what yeah. do you want? You yeah. know, and like, let's think about our players on the front end. What would I want as a player? How much would I want to spend as a player? Like, and what, you know, what, am I, what is my mindset? It's mm-hmm. like it doesn't even come into question until we get mad about well, it. Well, uh, even, like, thinking about the other DLC packs and, and even, um, I mean, I feel like even if you sent out to a select amount of the people who bought your previous DLC, because you have their emails, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. you do um and you just send out and say hey i see that you bought the the dark below expansion pack what did you think of this here's a quick 10 10 question questionnaire of uh of you know multiple choice questions what do you think right and you know was it a good value for your money was it a bad value for your money what and they could learn so much from just a simple questionnaire like that oh yeah um and so, like, I, there's a lot of things that you can do and uh and i feel like xbox you're right xbox is doing it right again i brought up uh Ubisoft and about how they're like, hey, you know, we keep putting out um, these Assassin's Creed games because you keep buying them. And whenever they had a, a technical debacle with this last game where like they, they um, the game wasn't up to par, people's faces were melting in the game. Yeah, there's lots of lots of weird public press and a lot of unhappy gamers with the, the last uh, Assassin's Creed game. They actually in their press conference this time, they came out, and they're like, hey. We realize what we did. We apologize, but and like they went into it, and then yeah. they they you know have given those people things. Even um, if you look at three four three industries, uh, who is handling Halo, they had Halo Master Chief Collection, mm-hmm. and the servers weren't up to par for about a month and a half. And they gave all of those people uh, free a free game, basically a, yeah, a, a ODST. Gave them the ODST campaign stuff. So it's like they're listening to people too, and it's the weird disconnect between Bungie and their fans. Um, whereas their fans are seemingly some of the most vocal fans out there. Mm. Um, I mean, it's just weird, dude. I mean, I think the big takeaway from this is that we as players have some power. Like, we can affect not only these large companies like Microsoft, but we can also affect Bungie, a resistant entity like Bungie. Like, if... I mean, there were change.org petitions. There were people saying they're going to boycott playing any Bungie game on Bungie Day, like which is July 7th. Like There was all this stuff going on where, like, a huge fan outcry. And granted, it's like it shouldn't take that mm-hmm. to uh, you know for Bungie to behave in a way that is honoring of their players. But um, yeah. still, it's interesting to see the power that players actually do have whenever we decide, hey – we want to change this. This yeah. is not okay with us. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, you're right. It's, and, and always, you know, you can contact the companies, you can do a lot of stuff with it. Um, yeah. but yeah, whenever, whenever you get a lot of people in, in that mentality, they can change, change the tide of, uh, of a lot of companies. So, which is good. And I think, you know, things like Microsoft, like that's kind of changing that perception. I think that's why, like, I think there's big fan outcries about things now because we realize, like, we can change this stuff if we just, 
like say something about it, you know, yeah. and don't have to do it in an angry, disrespectful way, but we can do it in a way that a lot of people do it in an angry, disrespectful way. A lot of people do, but like <laughs> you can do it in a way that is like has a, you know, I think the strongest voices are those who make good arguments for why this is wrong and, and provide some kind of good alternative, you know, for sure. provide some kind of answer to it. For sure. Well, and, and just because just because you know you're frustrated, or somebody's disrespecting your time and your um, money, your money doesn't mean that you have to uh, insult them or or whatever. You know, be be a complete jerk about things. So, I mean, it's one of those things that that yes, you you matter, but make sure that you know you're respectful of other people. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's an interesting interesting time in games, like for sure, especially on this front. Um, there's a greater dialogue with the internet and even more now than there was, you know, even, you know, two or three years ago with these developers and people, um, there's a lot of forward facing kind of community managers and people on Twitter that are higher up that will actually listen to you. And so it's super interesting, man. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Well, I think that's it for this week. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. Uh, remember to check out our um, unboxing video of Batman Arkham Knight Limited Edition. Um, you can find that on stayontargetpodcast.com as well. You can find us... Code on- word sonar. That's code word sonar. You'll know what that means if you know what it means. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at chriswright 250 and John Wright 777. And at Stay on Target Pod. You can always find us online at StayOnTargetPodcast.com. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.